Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast. Today, we're going to be chatting about the weekend's esports racing and asking the question, how do real-life racing drivers adapt to sim racing? I'm joined by Tommy Belling, of course, my... I don't want to call you a sidekick because you're more than that, Tommy. You're just... You're just Partner you know, in crime. Partner in crime. Partner in crime. Okay, but we've got another partner in crime for this week's episode. It is none other... The WTF1 OG himself, Jack Aitken. Jack, how are you? Hey, guys. Great to be back. Uh... Love the show. <laughs> Big fan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're not an F2 driver in Williams F1 Reserve. You're just a big fan. That's I'm what just we'll, we'll a, put on the screen. I'm a massive fan since day one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, now, today, obviously, we're going to be speaking about how, you know, because a lot of people speak about, you know, normal people trying to, or gamers getting into the, the to the real life racing world, but this is more the the other way around. So we're going to sort of dive into your thoughts as well, Jack. In terms of you're being a, you're a real life racing driver, you're pretty quick, wouldn't you say? And I'll also, like you know, you, you've yeah, and you've also dived into the to the virtual world, and I guess the F two virtual GP is uh, is something that you were involved in only a couple of days ago. Or what day is it? Tuesday. Yeah, a couple of days ago. How was that? How was your experience? I was commentating on you and uh, not being biased at all. Oh, it's good to hear as always. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. It was uh, not actually as much of a smash fest as I thought it was going to be, given that there was uh, no damage. And traditionally, that, that doesn't go well, especially in Formula C when even when we have real damage in real life cars, um, we still managed to crash. So I thought that would be, you know, a recipe for disaster in the sim world. But it was actually all right. Um, yeah. Some people are just ridiculously quick, though. It's 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 actually disgusting how quick. Like, I mean, you, you, particularly were, you were running pretty, pretty well, weren't you? You were running pretty well in P3 for a while. And then did yeah. your tyres run out or what happened? Um, in which one? Race one or race two? Uh, the one, yeah, I think it was race one where you were running in third for quite a while and then just kind of dropped back towards the end. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I, I boxed fairly early because I saw everyone in front of me boxing and I was like, I should probably box because <laughs> I don't know anything <laughs> about this game. Um, <laughs> we did pretty well then. You did pretty yeah, well. And it turned out like the rest of the field all carried on. I was like, oh, okay, great. Well, um, so I did run out of tires a little bit at the end, but I was, I was kind of happy. I, I thought it was respectable. I was just going for a respectable performance. Good, and it was respectable. You did a very good job, especially well, with WTF one on the side of your car. Yeah. It gives me goosebumps every time I see it. Tom, Tommy, did you watch? Did you watch all of the, all the stuff that went on uh, the weekend? Yeah, I did. I was watching the um, F two. It's funny you mentioned that, Jack, because I very much was expecting carnage as well. But maybe it balanced each other out because I thought sim racing has been pretty chaotic, and there's been lots of chaos. Formula two is normally just chaotic anyway. So the fact that the, the racing was pretty clean and there wasn't too much carnage. I was very impressed. I thought we were all very restrained. Maybe yeah. it was the, uh, I was going to say the calming influence of having some sort of ex-Formula 2 drivers, retired Formula 2 drivers stepping in, such as we had Oliver Rowland, uh, Norman Nato. Were there any others? I thought they brought some some wisdom with their, you know, past experiences to the table. Maybe that was it. Yes, Calm the throw field back. down. Throw back. <laughs> yeah. Now, a question from uh, Hufflepuff underscore misses says, do you get the same adrenaline from sim racing as you do in real life racing? Uh, no, 
<laughs> Jesus! <laughs> All right, thanks, Jack, for coming on the podcast. It's great to speak to you. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget to like and subscribe, everyone. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> well, we're just being we're being honest here, being straight up. No. Sim racing is good for a lot of things. Um, and I do, whilst I don't get the same thrill out of it because you can't be traveling at that speed in real life and feeling the G-force and uh, even like the smells, the noises, all of that stuff. Um, you you can't get that in the simulator, but I still do get massively competitive about it and I get really into it. Um, it's just not quite the same thrill. That's all. No. I mean, it's, it's, it's fair enough to, to say it's not the same experience and no drivers really come out and said that. But it's quite interesting how so, some guys can get really, really nervous. And, you know, we're, we're, let's kind of move now to the Formula One virtual GP where we had Albon and Leclerc fighting and then they had an interview after the race. And, you know, Alex was saying that he was sweating, he was shaking and, and all this sort of stuff. So it, it was yeah. great to hear that. I, I guess if if maybe, Jack, you were, you were racing in the F1 Virtual GP for the victory and obviously you have, you know that there's an audience watching and all that stuff, it, it can still bring out the nerves. Definitely, yeah. I think um, I, I got nervous just racing in like the F2 esports event. So uh, I, I sympathise with that a lot. It's especially because a lot of us are quite new to it as well, I think. Some drivers have been doing it a bit longer than others, but um, it's a new skill to learn. And uh, I, for one, found it quite tricky when I was starting. So, yeah, I, I sympathize with Alex, definitely. Do you find yeah, it, it was... harder to get into the zone and kind of concentrate a lot more? Because I can't remember which driver was talking about it, but one of the esports races I was watching, they were they were saying that it's a lot easier to make a mistake in sim racing because your mind can wander a lot more because you're not, uh, you, you've got distractions around you. Obviously, a lot of people racing at home, they might have their family members or pets wandering in the room as they're racing oh, yeah. and stuff. And I, I've had whereas in the F1, food and drink that. spilled on me while I'm driving <laughs> and uh, people poking me. My brother likes to put his feet up against the, the racing seat whilst I'm driving. Uh, which is not like and rest his feet there from the chair behind <laughs> which is not a pleasant experience it's not very um, immersive that you don't get that in f2 where it's hard to get into the zone yeah. of being a top flight you know driver <laughs> performing at his absolute best when feet are hanging over your shoulder um, yeah but yeah no, that doesn't I think, quite happen in real life no i think you do get into a zone still but um i've definitely yeah, I find, I find it hard. I don't get the same level of immersion. And I don't know if that's to do with um, not having maybe, I don't know, if you, if, if you have a big wraparound screen and you've got headphones and a moving rig and all of that, maybe it helps a bit because the F1 simulators are quite good at that now. Uh, but sitting in your living room, it's a bit, bit more difficult, I think. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, for me as a, a very much... A, more of a gamer than a, a real life racer i've obviously been uh, had the opportunity to drive a few nice cars in my in my lifetime but i, I guess for me and, and probably for you tommy as well I, I still get massively nervous playing on games and and i i i think with i racing especially maybe not so much with the f1 game i don't know what exactly they do but for me i feel like you know my racing career is on the line when i'm on the grid <laughs> for i racing whereas maybe for a more casual game like codemasters game or, or you know f1 2019 or even Gran Turismo Sport, stuff like that. I, I just don't feel the same sort of mental attachment to it. I don't know. I, does that make sense, Tommy? Yeah, we've just been started iRacing 
and um we were chatting weren't we on on discord while i was doing my very first racing and and i said to you the same like i was getting really nervous in the first race and i think it's because you have that hourly race in iRacing where it does feel a lot more important where it's not the case of you just quit out and then do another race straight away it kind of builds up and like you say you do get quite nervous one thing I feel like we should mention, actually. Jack, do you still have the hats on? Because we can't even see you. Oh, yeah, the hats. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> I'm suffering from lockdown hair, bad hair day like everyone else. So this is my tactic. You still wearing have, you been, have you been wearing all the hats for this entire time? <laughs> yeah. It's my, yes, my humble brag. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll take them off now. I'll, I'll show the world my... My scalp. I haven't, wow. haven't shaved scalp. it. Last time Not you were on a podcast, you wore a race suit as well, didn't you? So you, we always well, you make you wear ridiculous it was, things. Uh, you know, suits. You said suits and ties, and before you know, yeah. that's true. I was in a Christmas suit, um, but yeah, I'm not taking my hat off because my hair's too long, and I can't be bothered to sort it out. Anyway, <laughs> next question uh, at Spoopy Roll says, "What's the best thing about sim racing that you can't do in real racing, and vice versa?" Uh, Laughing crashes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, fair. That's, uh, that's very true. Yeah. yeah. No, I, okay. I've had there are a few good ones over the weekend, and they were absolutely humongous shunts. And obviously, if that was real life, you you'd be concerned. Um, but because it's sim racing and no one gets hurt, yay! Um, it's it's different, <laughs> so you can you can laugh a bit. And I guess yeah. switching around, you, you've mentioned already the immersion in terms of the G-forces and so on, which is something that sim racing will always try to get closer and closer to with moving rigs and all that good stuff. Maybe some fans to blow some wind in your hair and stuff like mm. that. But I guess you can never really get all the way, can you? The best fans. Best, best fans. <laughs> <laughs> My one fan. Uh, yeah. No, I think they're, they're definitely getting better because even... Um, I was saying earlier, it's difficult in your living room to, to get fully immersed. But I mean, we have a relatively simple setup with just um, a wheel, single screen and, and some pedals. And even with that, I think after practicing for a, a couple of hours and you um, you get invested in, in you know, your, whether it's your eye racing or racing against your mates, uh, that actually helps to step it up and make it a little bit more real. Um, so I think the technology is coming a long way, definitely. Yeah. One thing sure, you one talking. thing you can't do is bump drafting, which Alban and Leclerc did in uh, no. in the virtual GP. You that's won't get away true. with that in an F1 car. Actually, <laughs> on, a, on, a, on a slightly serious note, one of the other things that's really cool about sim racing is the fact that you can jump uh, from one car to another and just try lots of different things. So I yeah, you can't do that in real life, can you? Unless no. you've got a huge wallet. Yes, true. <laughs> but I did the the Nordsch Life twenty four hours uh, like last week. Which how many times did you crash, Jack? Out of interest. <laughs> well, it was more than once. <laughs> I mean, more than once, less than a hundred. It's twenty four hours of racing. You're bound to crash more because you're racing more. <laughs> I mean, I don't get what the big deal is. Simple logic. Personally. Yeah, simple logic. Simple logic. It might might have been close to ten. 
Doing your <laughs> twenty-minute power naps like you did when we did our twenty-four hours. Actually, twenty so... minutes. He went for six hours. <laughs> yeah, when we did the twenty-four <laughs> hours. Simbray. Is that why I haven't been invited back since? I've been <laughs> we waiting, haven't done guys. one since. <laughs> we, we need reliable teammates if we're ever going to do that again. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll be, we'll be back in twenty minutes, and then we just have to do stints throughout the entire night because Jack's asleep in his I, car. I just didn't want to take you out of the zone, Matty, because you you were ripping through the night. I was like, this is I'm making the best decision for the team right <laughs> I had to plug my eyes back into my sockets after that stint. I'm mad it was awesome but yeah but, uh, uh, no to be fair to me actually my teammates also all crashed multiple times so that made me feel much better about myself yeah, exactly and one, well of them, your one of them was good. an F1 driver so you know oh yeah yeah nice. dropping that into into who, who was it the one and only Esteban Gutierrez Oh, boom. Nice. Yeah. The little, right. little name drop there. I like it. Yeah, casual. You know, we're, we're mates. We've got each other on Discord, whatever. <laughs> so, so we've mentioned sim racing, uh, obviously, quite a bit, and people doing loads of different championships and whatnot. You've been taking part in the, the races all-star esports battle, which we actually started talking about before we, uh, we went live. Um, how have you been finding that compared to, you know, your experiences in virtual GP and, you know, the F1 game and iRacing and all that stuff? Uh, the real the race stuff has been interesting because I haven't done a lot of uh, it's on R Factor Two, and I haven't actually done a lot on that platform before. Um, and you get some names from like all over motorsport coming to do it. Obviously, the Legends race as well, which is pretty cool. Um, and you have actual sim drivers racing, so they were showing us a clean pair of heels um, more often than not. <laughs> I think it's fair to say, but yeah, it's been good fun. Um, if a little bit difficult to get a result so far, I'm working on that. You're working, you're working hard. I mean, to be fair, what else is there really to do at the moment? Uh, no excuse. Need to put in all the hours, don't you, to uh, to really? Because that's the the thing that I guess maybe people that don't sim race so much can't really maybe get their head around is all the different platforms have a completely different way of driving. There's the the small little. Uh, nuances that you need to learn about each game whether it's f1 2019 and you have to downshift really quickly and then short shift out of corners and you know there's there's things that you wouldn't do in a normal car and then you look at maybe eye racing and then there's completely different story because you've got different cars different handling you know handling models between the cars so it's it's a, it's a huge learning curve isn't it between every platform and i think even you tommy can probably uh, say that because you've started eye racing now and it's a completely different story yeah, it's very difficult to um, get get to grips with iRacing. I was watching an interesting video about iRacing, actually, because one of the things that I saw a lot of people uh, complaining or having debates about was that it's quite difficult to catch a slide in um, iRacing. And there was a very interesting video mm-hmm. from Joseph Newgarden, who was explaining the challenges of driving an IndyCar versus iRacing and versus real life. And he was saying that, in IndyCar, they can properly throw the cars around, um, fight the wheel, slide them into the corners. But on iRacing, they just spin off. And I think that's probably why maybe the real-life racing drivers that have driven those cars in real life find it so hard to adapt. If you like, um, obviously in Indy, we saw Lando and Scott McGoughlin as well doing really well, uh, who weren't full-time IndyCar drivers and that's probably part of it because the fact that the IndyCar drivers are trying to drive exactly like they would normally it's muscle memory yeah Yeah. I think there's a misconception that um, an IndyCar car on iRacing 
um, is going to have some similarity or at least at least some similarities to the IndyCar of real life as a, I don't know, a world rallycross and in iRacing might have some similarities to a world rallycross car in real life. And I think that's it only extends to the very, very basics of um, of the physics of those cars. All of the specifics, the things that drivers are working on in the really small details of the car and how it behaves in certain situations, none of that's going to correlate because you know even a platform as big as iRacing is not going to be able to have enough data to to get the car to be that accurate. So it, it, it's like stepping into a different car for these guys. This, uh, which actually leads us on quite nicely to the next question, which was from Oday Kim. It says, what real-world driving slash racing skills, if any, are impossible to obtain on sims? Um, probably the first thing that comes to mind is something that affects all sims, which is because the sim can't move, okay, it can move a little bit, uh, but you're you're missing the fundamental G-force feeling. Um, and G-force is how drivers feel the grip in the car. When you have more G-force, that means you have more grip. And when it drops away or you know comes up, that's how you feel whether you're doing the right thing, the wrong thing, blah, blah, blah. And you just can't get that in a sim full stop. Um, I think the other thing that we've seen in sims that doesn't translate to the real world as well is, um, although this is changing a bit because especially recently, things like track evolution have become a lot more advanced. Um, it's not always, um, you're not always being taught to be very adaptable because in games like F1 is a good example, F1 2019 um, does some things really well. But at the end of the day, the guys who are quickest on that game do hundreds and hundreds of thousands of laps around Barcelona in the dry. And Barcelona in the dry is always going to be exactly the same. Whereas if you go to Barcelona on any given day uh, in real life, it's going to be different to the, the previous day, even if it was 20 degrees or and sunny. It's still going to be different. Could even be snowing. Could be snowing, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fancy that. Um, so you, as a driver, you have to go to the track every day and even every lap, um, expecting the track will have changed a little bit and you have to feel that and adapt to it. I guess that's something that iRacing uh, has done probably more advanced than, than F1 because F1 is obviously more of an accessible game. They they focus on the overall user experience, whereas iRacing is obviously more of the nitty gritty stuff. And I'm not a huge hardcore user of iRacing, but I, you know, I'm really getting into it. And I've noticed that they have changing track temperatures. I guess you would have seen it uh, firsthand, Jack, with the 24 hours uh, at the Nordschleife that you did. Did you kind of sense that there was a bit more of, of what you said is missing in the F1 game there? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's why I said it's uh, improving because iRacing do it very well, even our factor um, to an extent. It caught me out quite badly, actually, because I did all my practice in a private session. And then I went and joined the, the race lobby and the lap times were three seconds a lap slower and I crashed. So <laughs> that's my excuse number one. Yeah. Track conditions. <laughs> You've got a whole handbook. Oh, yeah. Racing drivers excuses pretty much still exist. over the course of the next half hour <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Tommy I guess you know you are a, a, more of an iRacing novice you haven't really to probably had least. too much experience in the, the changing of track temperatures but, uh, and, and evolution but Jack actually makes a really good point which I hadn't really thought about is that adaptability side of things where you don't really get to to test your own 
brain into a certain sort of braking zone or whatever to then notice oh god it's you know i should have braked five meters earlier because the track conditions have changed or the marbles on the track and uh, i i think that's a really good point when you say yeah 100 percent. uh never that never even crossed my mind that uh me and you matt were practicing the uh master mx5s weren't we uh in a practice lobby armor, yeah. and my my mission was obviously to get uh one minute getting the one minute ones which i got very close to but didn't quite make it um you'll get there <laughs> we'll get there but um yeah we were obviously going in we did it the day before we did it yesterday um we ke- we kept practicing again and again but realistically if that was real life i'd need the optimal track conditions and you know maybe it gets a little bit cooler or the day after we wouldn't be able to do those times so yeah or you have to do it 40 minutes into the session because the track the track isn't rubbered in yes it's it's really interesting so uh, jack very good point you know you get a you get a wtf1 sticker for that there you go you can have a wtf1 Um, cap to add to your growing list of caps i'll put it on my cv and send it into uh to william straight away nice so if we can put it into a nutshell then, um, why in a series like the eSports battle do we tend to see the sim racers a lot more competitive than the real-life racing drivers? What, what would be the one thing, I guess, Jack? Is it the, the amount of hours and just purely uh, excelling in that skill of, of learning that particular handling, mo- handling model on that particular platform? Or, or is there something more simple like muscle memory for the drivers that are holding them back? I think it's... Definitely number of hours is a big one um, because, well, racing um, us drivers haven't done as much on those platforms and there are intricacies to learn. Um, but I think I would, or to say it's all of that would be taking away from the sim guys a little bit as well. Um, they do have talents that um, the, race, the normal drivers um, don't necessarily have and one of those might be having a really, really minute detail feel for what's happening in those conditions which are more repeatable than in the real world real world so you know if you can be really detail orientated it can help you in those kind of platforms um i know watching the pole lap for things like the nurburgring 24 hours i'm like there's no way that i could drive that um sort of uh the you can see that it's not just a number of hours of practice it's they know exactly how to manipulate the car at every given moment and they are predicting the way that the car is going to move. And they've learned all of that by, you know, understanding how the platform works. So it's uh, it's a definitely a talent that is a bit, a little bit different to real life. But then it also makes sense how some gamers have been able to translate that to real life. We won't, you know talk about that because every single person has spoken mm. about uh, gamers to, to real life uh, races yeah. but but yeah you can see why it would it, you know it can translate so um right let's let's move on now to an event that you know we couldn't not mention because well, we made a video about it go and check it out if you haven't seen it already but uh, all about the indycar challenge now what happened uh, there? Jo- <laughs> no well, Jack, you must have no internet because uh, <laughs> you joke. Uh, things kicked off. Internet over here is is a joke at the moment. Wait, oh, is it? Okay, well, I'm so glad yeah, you're still on the call with us. <laughs> you're Sorry, currently pedaling on, on a bike, on. aren't you, to keep your internet going? Um, uh, at Jonty's underscore corner says, "What's your opinion on the end of that IndyCar sim event? Give us your opinion, Jack. I want your filth uh, unadul- unadulterated." <laughs> honest opinion such controversy oh my god um 
So my opinion is mainly in agreement with what I think the general opinion is, which is that the thing that um, Pagano did was probably not not the right thing to do. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, Santino as well, bless him. But uh, on the other hand, reading some of the Twitter comments, uh, well, this is just Twitter, I shouldn't be surprised, but reading some of the Twitter comments, it's like he murdered someone. Um <laughs> which maybe is a little bit out of proportion. I think we have to remember that, yes, sim racing is absolutely its own sport. It's a real thing. A lot of bucks go into it. A lot of people put a lot of time and effort into it. It is you know, valid as a, as a sport. It's not a joke. Um, but all of the drivers coming across from the real world now and effectively just having a go and dipping their toes into it, people shouldn't be surprised if they're not going to take it 100% seriously. I know that mm. I don't. I'm guilty of that as well sometimes. Not that I go out of my way to take people out and ruin their race because um, that's just not good full stop. Um, but I don't take it as seriously as real life racing just because that's the world I'm from. I don't, I'm not as invested in the sim racing world. So that's, you know, it's just um, the way it is. Um, I'm not saying that sim racers shouldn't be so serious about it. It's just that I'm not so serious about it. And I think that's the view that a lot yeah. of racing drivers have. I guess the difference is that you have the understanding that some things just aren't particularly on. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and in one case, uh, Pagano's uh, move. Tommy, I'll give you the platform as well to give your opinion on uh, on what occurred and, and how you think uh, everything you know should have gone down from, from then, really. It's interesting, actually, that you mentioned that uh, it all comes down to the way the, for me, it all comes down to the way the series is presented. And it's interesting about saying that a few drivers not taking it seriously. Obviously, the very first virtual GP, we had Johnny Herbert completely cutting turn one and as applauding at how hilarious it was and stuff. But that <laughs> that event was obviously presented in a fun celebrity race. The IndyCar from the very start it's it's been seen as this professional event you it's you know done on iRacing it's got the proper graphics it's got all the sponsors they even have people singing the national anthem in um at the start and stuff so it was people have poured a lot of money and time into it and i think the reason mm. that lando was so frustrated and where I can see where he's coming from in terms of like why he was so annoyed by it is the fact that he did sink so many hours into it. It wasn't a case of, well, if someone is messing about um, and doesn't take someone out or is messing about, that's fine and they don't do very well. But the fact that he actively took someone out who, like like Lando was saying, he put so many hours into practicing that and he even had engineers as well that, took time out to get him set up for that game so it's just not it's so out of character for Pagano I know you kind of jokingly mentioned about uh, Ferrucci maybe a little bit more expected from him but <laughs> Pagano yeah. so unexpected and the people that are saying you know Pagano it's only a game leave Pagano alone I mean Pagano was in his full race suit and gloves as well so yeah he, he was taking it seriously an engineer so yeah yeah. Who was assisting him on said actions? Well, it? did you? Yeah, so, did you guys well. watch the um, his stream? Because I've seen a replay of it on YouTube. Oh, uh, what the of the actual part where he starts saying about of oh, Pagano's stream? Lando out. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I found it really interesting how, yeah, obviously that was really bad. And actually what, what made it worse for me, um, I, I don't know the guy, so I can only comment so much. But um, what made it bad for me was the way he talked about Lando. Because I thought Lando's move was kind of on. Um, but then I don't know about indie racing, so maybe it wasn't. But um, it didn't look that bad. <laughs> if anything, I thought it was Ray Hull that had hit him out. And he was just bad mouthing Lando so much. And I was just like, you're, you're, you know, broadcasting to a lot of people. You shouldn't be calling out Lando like that without at least, you know, thinking about it first. Um, but then the really interesting thing for me was the instant regret on Pagano's face when he hit him. I don't know if you saw that, but... Um, yeah, oh, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was, but it was like, he, he kind of realised in that moment that he had seriously messed up. And I don't know if he genuinely yeah. didn't want to hit him and just wanted to slow him down. Or if it was only after he'd hit him that he realised just how stupid a thing it was to do. But you could see it yeah. all over his face. Because his acting was terrible, uh, if I'm being completely honest. Like the, the first couple of seconds after <laughs> yeah. the contact, he was like, oh, no. Yeah. I was pitting. And, yeah. yeah, okay. <laughs> but you just came out the pits, mate. Like, what, what are you talking about? Yeah. And yeah, obviously he then comes out and says, you know, I wasn't going to try and take him out. I just wanted to ask you to win. But... You don't say when you're coming out the pits, let's take Lando out. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're just completely you screwing kind of yourself the over. At that point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You've admitted yeah. to, to everything. Oh, so God. It came across yeah, it was... really salty as well that he was saying that he wanted to slow Lando up so his teammate could win because he didn't want Lando to win. And Because mm-hmm. he's too fast. Yeah, and, and it, it does like... come across as an F1 Sorry, driver has come in and he, he like Lando's too good and we don't want an F1 driver joining. He's what? He's like series. 35 years old. You'd think he'd probably have uh, learnt that that trait to just kind of be a bit more humble with everything. But hey ho, clearly not. Um, actually, uh, something that led on from that was was obviously um, the Ferrucci incident uh, with, with Askew, uh, where you know we just kind of mentioned where he swiped him across uh, pretty much just before the line, you know, and he, he came out and saying, <laughs> "Oh, you know, it's just a game." Uh, that I'm not. I'm not going to delve too hard into that because I think a lot of people know my thoughts already. And the fact that, that you know, just it's just a game. It's just such a like a '90s term. You know, it's such a, a it's a completely different thing to to what it is now. In the sense that it's a completely uh, uh, high profile event. This IndyCar series was, um, and you know, very different to to what it's just a game would would mean uh, a few years ago, maybe. But what, what was your take, Jack, on on this whole? It's just a game. Uh, you know, it's not it's nothing serious. I think that's the, the the classic troll saying, isn't it? I mean, it's not a coincidence that for me anyway, when someone says just a game, it's usually my brother after he's beaten me at something and he wants to wind me up. So you know, it, <laughs> you know what you're saying when you say it's just a game. Um, I think most ninety percent of the time you're doing it to wind people up. So um, it's it's absolutely not a valid response anyway. It might be just a game in your opinion, even if you're saying that truthfully and that's your honest feeling. Um, but it's not for, for other people. And like you, we've touched on, if you've put the time and effort into it, it's it's different. Yeah, there's, Tommy, what do you think? There was actually a very ridiculous um, comment I saw was from James Hinch. Uh, I need to get it right. I think it's James Hinchcliffe's girlfriend or wife said that was basically uh, her opinion was that it's just a game and everyone needs to stop losing their mind over it. And she was saying something like, uh, in charades, 
people don't go on to win Oscars. It's just a game. But <laughs> it's a completely invalid opinion because what? because one, motorsport is probably the most realistic thing. I know we've had the conversation of it will never be 100% realistic, but in terms of FIFA or other games, the fact that you're sat there with a steering wheel and pedal, yeah. it translates really well. Yeah. And the whole it go it just goes back to the whole thing that it was being presented in a serious way where yeah. drivers are told these are the rules, you're not allowed to crash into each other, the winner gets this, put on a good show for the fans and stuff and take it like a serious event. Because mm. because surely someone before that race did say, you know, don't don't drive around backwards if you get taken out or things like that. Yeah. Because it would just I be think that's like, that's quite key, especially when you get sponsors involved as well, um, you know, it's, as you say, it's how you portray the event. If it's well, Bubba, just you and your mates in a open lobby on F1 2019, then yeah, go crazy. You know, <laughs> I know we, I definitely do, but it's different when you're um, pitching it as a replacement for events that should have been happening in real life. Yeah. And that's not, you know, no one has ever said don't mess around on games. We've seen, on Twitch, you know, Charles Leclerc and all those boys, Alban, Russell, they're all, you know, playing truck simulator games and, and all stuff, sorts. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome to see them messing about because that's the platform in which they are delivering that content. But, we're at, you know, it's so it just takes a little bit of common sense to know that if it's an IndyCar series that they're using to replace, the, you know, for this current worldwide situation going on, just you just don't do that. And I think with the fact that it's been complete, almost radio silence from uh, Pagano since that he's clearly just waiting for this all to blow over because he has no idea what to say on his socials or, or maybe he doesn't care. I don't know. I don't know the bloke, but it, it is a, a, a weird situation and I'm sure lots of people in the comments are, are firing in. But let's move on from, from the IndyCar challenge as much as, you know, we look at the negatives, but I think as a whole, the whole spectacle and the fact that, you know, the rounds that they'd had previously and most of that race was amazing and they were pretty much setting the bar, you'd have to say. Yeah, I mean, uh, they've always been right up there in terms of the platforms that are available. Um, I've tended myself to steer away from, or I haven't done a lot of sim racing in general before lockdown started um, because I did a lot of sim for F1 teams and that kind of satisfied my need for simulation. Um, and also my brother was quicker than me whenever I tried. So, <laughs> so you, you stopped that immediately. Yeah, I was like, mm, not for me in there. <laughs> yeah. But um, now no, I've, I've started dabbling in more and more of them. So, yeah. Yeah, now, now something that probably people are wondering uh, in terms of, you know, you've had experience in, in lots of simulators. Uh, what, what's the difference between, uh, you know, a fully-fledged simulator for a racing team and, say, iRacing? Because I think that's the one that comes... To, to my mind is probably the closest in terms of simulation and that's exactly what they try and achieve what would be the two like the the, the differences between those if if you can answer that um i think iRacing uh is difficult because they're quite different products in a way if you can call them products i mean iRacing is yeah. clearly a product um but an F1 simulator is evolving and changing all the time. Updates are going into it constantly um, to try and fit whatever has happened on track most recently. The biggest difference is probably, um, for me, steering feel is something that, and that might be equipment-based as well. So um, I'm not a, a computer guy, so I don't really <laughs> know how much of a limitation None of it us is. Are. 
Yeah, well, um, but I am told by other people who do this more full time that that sort of makes sense. Um, steering feel is something that's really impressive in Formula One simulators for me. It's something that I think really well um, correlates really well. Um, you know, you can't get the G force, but the weight of the steering, the way it reacts to the grip changes, um, the front starting to slide, snaps of oversteer, that kind of thing is quite impressive. And it's something that generally uh, sim racing products that are available uh, to the general public is not really quite as good at. Um, but, you know, things like the track modeling is really impressive in iRacing. I think that's, you know, bang up to standard. Some of them are excellent. Um, and car models, I've done, I've driven quite a few cars in iRacing that are cars I've also driven in real life. And they're pretty darn good. You know, there's a little bit of a mixed bag. Some are better than others, um, but the, the best of them are already getting quite close now. So it's uh, certainly representative. Nice. Cool insight. I think uh, iRacing are going to have to uh, sponsor this podcast soon because of the amount of shout outs <laughs> we've given it. Yeah, I'll wait for um, the uh, paycheck in the post. <laughs> <laughs> um, and finally, we have a question and the most important question uh, from Jake underscore W uh, for you, Jack. Uh, what, what's your favorite dinosaur? I mean, it's it's a question that's been asked so many times and yet no matter how many times I answer it, I always struggle to, you know, it, it's a question that keeps me up at night. I mean, <laughs> there's the classics, you know, I mean, T-Rex, such such an obvious choice, but I mean, he's obvious for a reason, guys. He is the, the big daddy. <laughs> and then the you have daddy. <laughs> the more obscure choices um but i don't know what, what about you guys i've answered this question so many times i feel like i'm gonna turn it around matt I, and tommy i think i think a stegosaurus is quite cool yeah that, uh, stegosaurus actually a few editions ago of this question that was my answer and I, you know it's one of my favorites yeah. boom uh, it's one of my nice. favorites as well but i'd go for the uh diplodocus or diplodocus if that's Ooh, the way you choose to one. live your life <laughs> Everyone's Love now it. frantically trying to spell Diplodocus <laughs> as they look, I go onto Google to find out what that is. It's the, but, um, the really docile one, kind of uh, Kimi Raikkonen in dinosaur form. Okay, nice. Either, well, what, yeah. what a description that is. Tommy, do you have any other sort of points or questions you want to cover in this podcast? I think we've done uh, quite a lot of the stuff that's happened recently. Yeah, I think we've uh, done anything. It's really good to um, have you on, Jack, because obviously we, we could quite easily, uh, me and Matt, carry on with all these questions but the fact that you have like you say driven a lot of these cars in real life you're a lot more inclined to answer them instead of me who has driven five laps of iRacing (laughs) you're gonna gonna get into the one minute ones I believe in you Tommy oh thank you no the track's changed now Tommy there's no point different different track now Um, I mean you say that I mean you know two thirds of this uh, call have driven a 2012 F1 car I'm just just saying wow yeah it's true (laughs) Who's the odd one out? Uh, oh, let's guess. I'm sorry, Tommy. I love you. <laughs> one, one day, one day we'll, uh, we'll we'll get that opportunity. How, have you actually managed to get through a podcast without bringing that up yet, Matt? Look, that's probably the first time since we filmed the F1 car thing about three years ago, where I've brought it up on my own accord, and yet everyone goes, "Oh, you talk about the F1 car all the time." But hey, there you go. You got to bring it up sometimes. Not, not that you're triggered or anything. <laughs> not trick no literally you can, can you tell i was on that within about two tenths of a second i was on you there jack but also awesome. still the uh, fact that you drove it before i did whilst i was a that was amazing driver, wasn't it 
I, that I, was fun. I think that's going to, I'm going to take that to the grave with me. <laughs> like, I think you came into the office, didn't you, when yeah, I've yeah, done it did. and you Genuinely, you like I saw the, the footage come out and I was at Renault on the day and I was like, guys, w- wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a secret development driver this whole time. Yeah. Have you, have you driven the Williams yet, uh, Jack? Uh, I've sat in it. Does that count? Okay. No. I was, well, maybe maybe I can drive that before you, and then, and then... <laughs> yeah. we'll send an email Williams way. Yeah, see, yeah. see what they say. Yeah. You know, maybe you know, FP one slot might open up. You never know. Oh my god! Yeah. If I get into the one amazing. minute ones on every racing, I, I, well, I, I exactly. yeah, one minute one gets you your yeah. license points. <laughs> We've already said how close iRacing racing is to the real thing. So. Exactly. Yeah. As soon as you get to your class A safety rating on iRacing, racing, that's all you need. Hell yeah! Safe pair of hands. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, for for listening or watching wherever you are. Jack, thank you for coming on this podcast and spending some time with us. It's been a pleasure to have you anytime, back after all this time. Anytime literally anytime yes please and, uh, i'm so bored <laughs> and tommy of course you know you're my you're my partner in crime so uh thank you tommy we could do the we can do the wave goodbye and all look in the direct jack needs to look up i need to look right and you need to look left okay i'm gonna look okay. left then all right okay here Are we, we go everybody wave everyone wave let's go bye bye and bye everybody listening and watching <laughs> but also bye jack and tommy bye bye, bye.